Okay, let's learn a little inspiration. Great Jewish inspiration, that is. This is very, very important. This is the stipler. The stipler guy, and anyone know who his son was? Excellent. Chaim Kanievsky, both of you. Very good. Very impressive. So the stipler, of course, lived in B'nai Brak. He lived from 1899 to 1985. His full name was Rabbi Yaakov Yisrael Kanievsky. And many B'nai many yeshiva students would come to him or write letters to him asking him for advice and how to grow in their Yerushalayim, how to grow in learning, how to avoid uh, certain types of averus that are common or uncommon by, uh, by Yeshiva Bachrim. And in fact, all of these letters, or at least many of them, are compiled in a multi-volume set of svarim called Kraina de Igrisa. We happen to have it in the base matters downstairs. And it's uh, very, very interesting. It shows the responses that the stipler wrote to all the questioners, all the people that were writing him letters, asking him these questions. And so I used to have a seder in the sefer. I used to enjoy learning it when I was, in a, when I was your age, I guess, maybe a little older. Um, a lot of the letters are very interesting. Some of them are very scary because the stipler was, a, you know, he was very intense and he was... Uh, uh, tremendous Yerushamayim and uh, big tzaddik. So a lot of the letters, um, you know, could sometimes be very direct and very uh, a little hard to uh, digest for an American boy. But um, but some of them are very relatable. One letter was written by a bacher who was sort of like lamenting to the. Stipler that his skills are not so good and that he's not, he doesn't feel success in his learning and he feels very depressed. Um, you know, that's not an uncommon malady in a, in a yeshiva. There are guys that are like always like top and they're like steigen and they're, you know, asking all the right questions to the rabbi and they're always on fire and they love learning and they, they're, they're masmidim and they're lamdanim. And then there are guys that are, you know, just regular. They're trying, but they don't really have that great love of learning, perhaps. They don't feel they're successful at learning. They don't feel that they're getting it. They feel like no matter how much they learn, it's just not clicking. And um, this is what the person honestly wrote to the stipler. And, you know, the stipler writes back a, uh, a beautiful letter. And he, in the letter he writes uh, words of encouragement, as he often does, to the, uh, to the letter writer. And he wrote, and the quote that I have here is from that, or not really, but he writes, each page of Gemara that one learns and comprehends is success. Little by little, one accumulates much knowledge, and as time passes, one develops into a great scholar. I, I put the quote as success in learning is not detectable to the eye of the student. It's like sort of like when um, one of my daughters used to ask me to, you know, to measure her and to see if she's growing. She wanted to grow, so you know, I, I, I took her to the uh, like a door post and I made a little pencil mark 
over her head. So we know how about the next day she says, Tati, let me see if I grew. I said, no, 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 you got to Let's go back in two months from now. We're going to come back. Two months, three months from now. Then hopefully, you know, there'll be something. Otherwise, just depressing every day. You know, no growth, no growth. But like if you do it every couple of months, now you already see growth. And I think that's a pretty good analogy to what it is when we're trying to measure our success and our growth and learning. Because a lot of times we... We keep taking our pulse every day, like, do I really know how to learn any better today than I did yesterday, and what's this all worth? I'm not accomplishing anything, I'm not growing, I'm just wasting my time, my parents' money, like what? And it's true, day by day, it's not detectable. You can't really see success. But the stifler promises, and if the stifler promises, and that's money in the bank, that if you just continue to learn, and you put your effort in as much as you can, and you put the time, and the, uh, you come to Shear, and you come to Seder, and you come to Davening, and you come to Night Seder, and you have a Chavrusa, and you learn as much as you can. It doesn't mean you should you know, be neurotic about it, but within normal limits, and you, put, and you plug away day after day, day by day you might not be able to see it, but in a couple of months from now, now you'd be able to already see, wow, I, I grew. Uh, two months ago I wasn't able to figure out how to, you know, what that Rashi Tevis meant, or how to read that Rashi, or, but now I can. And then maybe in a year from now, you'll be able to learn a Tysus better or on your own, and, and be able to understand maybe a Rishon, and, and be able to learn Rashi and Chumash without an English translation, or whatever, whatever your measuring stick of success is, you know, you can accomplish whatever you want in learning. You just have to, there's no shortcuts, that's the problem. We can't just like, you know, put a, upload our brain with Tyra and, and you know, and then just uh, expect to, to have it so easy. It has to come with work and diligence and coming to Shear, showing up is most of it, but eventually you'd be surprised to see how, you know, you'll have these growth spurts from year to year and you look back and you say, wow, like, I can't believe that this is really you know, me, I, I never thought it was possible for me to learn this well or get these skill sets that I now have. I want to tell you a, uh, a story that I've, I've said often. Um, and when, years and years ago, and when, when I first came to Yeshiva, it was over, uh, I don't know, probably 22 years ago, 23 years ago. I was five years old when I started here. And um, that was a joke, guys. Anyway, um, but 22 years ago, uh, maybe a little bit after I came, there was a, a bacher that came to yeshiva, and he was a very weak boy. Very, it was before Rabbi Mirsky wasn't even in yeshiva yet. I think he was in Rabbi Shmulevitz's shir. Very nice boy. He loved learning, but he just did not have the skills. He was in a in a yeshiva in Israel, a very basic, like a Balchiv yeshiva, and he did well there. But he came and he was still very, very beginner, very beginner. And, but he came to everything. What he lacked in skills and in knowledge, he made up for in diligence and, and resolve. And he like, everything that I gave, he was at. Every vat, every schmooze, every chavrusa, every, you know, I used to give things around my table more and he used to come to that. And then he was here every Shabbos and every Yantav, and he came to every shear that his Rebbe gave, and every and, and night said he was like on fire, and and he was growing and growing or day by day. He was exactly like the disciples said. He was growing day by day. I want to tell you. So then he 
couple of years later, he graduated. He got married to a very nice girl. And um, they moved eventually to Israel, to Israel. And maybe 10 years later, I, I sort of lost touch with him. I was at his, uh, at his wedding, and we, lo- we sort of lost touch. And then, like, I don't know, even if it was 10 years, maybe let's call it 10 years, I got a package in the mail from him. It said his name in the, you know, instead of his English name, that was his Hebrew name. But, um, and it was addressed to me, and I opened it up, and it's like a beautiful big safer. I was like, wow, it's really nice of him to, you know, send me a safer, just whatever. It's, you know, I don't know what I did to deserve it, but like, fine. I open it up, and there's like a beautiful inscription in it, thanking me, and, you know, just very nice, you know, how he wrote an inscription in Hebrew, and the whole safer was in Hebrew. I was like, and it was on like Isser Veheter, which is like the hardest laws in the whole Shulchan Aruch about kashras, about, you know, things in the kitchen that gets messed up and all complicated, very complicated halachas. Like that's what they study for smicha, about taruvas and basar v'chalav, if meat and milk gets mixed up and uh, etc. Very complicated laws. And it had all of the, it had, you know, fine print and like really great lumdus, like very high-level scholarship. And I was like, it's so nice of him to send to me, but why is he sending me this safer? Well, so I want to send me like a you know, great Jewish inspiration. Balt. So I said, so I opened up the, uh, the title page, and sure enough, his name was on it. And then I, I turned to the pages of the approbations, the, uh, the haskamas, you know, the, the, when you get big rabbis to give you their letters of blessing, letters of approval to... And he had like every single great gadol in Yerushalayim from start to finish. I mean, not everyone, but like, you know, a lot of them. And they were, they were calling him Harav Hagayin, the rabbi, the genius, um, you know, who, and, and praising him, like heaping praises on him. I was like, this is unbelievable. This is unbelievable. Because when he first came to yeshiva, I may be exaggerating a little bit, but I don't think he knew which side of the Gemara Rashi was on and which side of the Gemara Taisa was on. And within a short amount of time, maybe eight to ten years, he was able to go from really rags to riches, from not being able to know Kimat anything, good heart, solid boy, wonderful sweetheart of a boy, it's Adik, but like very, very low skills. And like he was able to go and become like on the top level scholars of Yerushalayim within 10 years. Not, not a lot of time. I got stuff in my fridge that's 10 years old. So I don't. But um, it was a joke. But the point is that um, the point is that exactly what the stipler says is true. Now, I don't know if this is true for every study. If I'm not good in math, I could spend 10 years, I could spend 100 years. I don't think I would probably be able to like become an actuary or a PhD in math. Because you either have it or you don't. You either have the skills to do math or you don't. You, you could be an engineer or you can't be an engineer. You could be a rocket scientist or you can't. You could be a, a brain surgeon or you can't. There's not, it's, not like, it's not like, okay, just keep trying. What you, I can't. It's not, it's not happening. Tyra... I think that's true. I think it's, I would say, more vice versa. Everything in any English study, the, and the beauty of Torah is that the harder you work, the harder it gets. With English, the harder you work, the easier it gets. It's just, there's an answer. Whatever there is, is a definitive answer. If two times two is four, like no matter, no matter how hard you try, 
that's going to be the definitive answer. Once you get the answer, you just have to memorize that. Okay. With, with Gemara, it's not like that. It's, I feel it's the opposite. But you're, 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 but then you're, you're, you're undermining my whole shir today then. I'm, t- I'm saying the opposite of what you're saying, right? I'm saying that any student of Torah, if you want to learn and you want to really plug into it, it might be harder, but you'll, you could become great in learning. Become, and, your skills will grow yeah. in any subject. Not, that's not true. That's not true. I, I, well, it won't get easier in the sense that because now you'll be on a higher level, so now you'll understand them more now. Exactly. Now you'll be... But, but you will be able to grow and accomplish things that you thought unimaginable when you first started. When it comes to English, I don't know if that's true for every subject. I don't, you know, there's either, some, with very many subjects, you either have it or you don't have it. And you could take a boy that, if you take a boy that's very smart and you put him into, you know, actuary, computer science, uh, pre-law, pre-dem, pre-med, yeah, he'll probably be able to figure it out. But if you take a, I'm talking about you take a weak boy, a boy that has very weak skills, and he just, he's not able, he's not a writer, he's not a reader, he's not a math guy, he's not a physics guy, he's not a, and he's not a formula guy, he can't figure it out. Is it possible? Maybe. But like it's very, it's, it's, it's very hard to see how a boy that has like very low level math skills but plugging away, all of a sudden he'll be able to be Einstein or like you know a PhD student in you know in math. It just it generally doesn't happen that way. You, and people just don't care enough to do that. Like, no, not, I think people. I, I know many people that in this yeshiva that they wanted to be doctors and they put their all into it. They just didn't get the grades. They couldn't do the the, the organic chemistry. They couldn't do the bio. They couldn't do. They just couldn't. They they tried. They wanted. They 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 wanted to be a doctor more than anything in the world. They were not able to do it. They were plugging away. It does, doesn't matter. But when it comes to Tyra, the beauty of Tyra that doesn't is not true by other sciences and lahavdol by any by other studies is that you can if you want it badly enough. You can do it. Chazal say that when it comes to Torah, whoever wants it bad enough can come and take it. You don't have to be the son of a rabbi. You don't have to be a kayin. You don't have to be a levi. Whoever wants it, it's free to many of the many of the great gedayim that we have are people that came from absolute nothing. They had, their their parents weren't necessarily from, or if they were, they're very uh, you know just barely from, if if at all. And they wanted it. I'm thinking about people that are on the highest levels of that they became G'dayli Yisrael and, and with, wrote Sarim, had yeshivas of thousands of Talmidim. And they started out with very, very humble, begin, humble beginnings. And only because they wanted it, they desired it, and they were able to grow. And that is the special, unique nature that's found by Tyra that's not necessarily... Now, it doesn't mean to say that you can't find once in a while stories of guys that are very weak and, and they made it and they became doctors and surgeons and, and multi-gazillionaires. It happens. But by and large, it's very rare for a person to, to pull that off. But yet in Tyra, you, say, you see it all the time. I, th- I think but the whole humble beginning thing, is a, I don't think it's a good argument because, because a lot of... Because being irreligious doesn't make you stupid. I didn't mean. I, I, I when I said humble, I don't. I don't only mean that they came from very limited. You know, their parents weren't. So I'm, I'm saying that very, very often they themselves did not have 
brilliant minds. They were not. I'm not saying that low that people that that weren't whose parents are religious, religious don't have. Obviously, there are people that are brilliant whose parents are brilliant, or they're not. But I'm t- when I say humble beginnings, I mean mitzad their backgrounds and mitzad their their IQ levels and their and they just by pure and I could tell you names of Gedalim you would you would not believe me if I told you that they started off and they were not smart but they, they worked were smart. They just no they weren't that's what I'm saying I'm I'm saying I, when it, when I say something I'm saying it very deliberately I'm not I'm not saying hyperbole here they were not smart and they were able despite that to work hard enough until they, they went from level to level and they're considered on the on the A team, the A list of of Gedali Israel. And this is the I don't want to use the word stupid because that's a very strong word, but they were not smart. Okay. They were not people that you would consider to be formidable, you know, scholars or even scholar wannabes. They just weren't. But they look at the Gedolim now, they're brilliant. It's not like it's not just... Some of the G'dayim that you're thinking about, but I'm telling you, some of the G'dayim that you may be thinking, I don't know who you're thinking about, but some of those very G'dayim that you may be considering, you know, brilliant, they didn't necessarily start off that way. That's what I'm telling you. You could be... What? I don't want, I don't want, to, I don't want to talk about specifics. I know you're going to say my name soon also. I just don't want to go into it. But, um, but the point is that... Uh, that... that there, that not none of those people that you mentioned, I, th- I think we could agree that those. But there, but you'd be surprised. People that are more famous than those names that you mentioned did not start out being that brilliant, you know, mind that everyone lauds. What? Ooh. I'm not telling you. That's Lashonara. No, there's no reason for me to tell you. And I don't even know all of them. And I don't, but I know that there are some of them that that were okay. They were decent. Now, or like no, no, I don't, I don't. No, the ones I'm thinking of are not. But I could tell. I could sit here. I could tell. I could sit here and tell you what. The Rambam. I'm not going to go through. I'm not going to go through every gadol. That's not the point. The point is that there are that that I could tell you stories that would you know surprise you. And I'm not. This isn't. This 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 shouldn't be a chisarin in your eyes. I'm not trying to say. Oh my gosh. Now you know. Now I just shattered your myth. The myth about Gedalia's Israel. They're all brilliant. I'm making them bigger because this is an amazing thing. It's not such a big concept. If I grew up and I was born with a brilliant mind and a photographic memory, and now I, I just use that, it is, it's still a big deal, but it's not nearly as impressive as the guy that I told you about, my Talmud, who started out with very little skills, and he became within 10 years. That's a very impressive story to me. It doesn't take away from other Gedalim that are brilliant and what they accomplished, because even if you have photographic memory, you still have to sit down you know, and learn it. You, know, you still have to be able to commit it to memory and, and to learn through you know, Shas and Paiskim and everything, but, but there, it, it's something that is a reality unique to Tyra, that if anyone in this room or beyond this room thinks for a second that it's not my, Tyra is not my thing, okay? I'm good at you know, I'm good in English, and I'm good at basketball, and I'm good at this, and I'm good at that. Tyra is never my thing. It's not my thing. So I'm not going to even try because it's a waste of my time because we're, I'm not getting anywhere. I'm just spinning my wheels. I'm, I'm, I'm stuck in this, you know, in this issue. I'm not doing much. And I'm like, you don't know. If you're really learning, listen, if you're, if you're sleeping all day, then you're right. 
But if you're trying your best, you'd be surprised at your growth spurts. And you know, and you speak to your Rebbe, and he'll be able to tell you, a year ago you were not able to do X, Y, or Z, and now suddenly you are, and look at your progress. And then if you see that, that you made you know, that pencil mark higher, now imagine in, in a year, in two years, in ten years, you could literally be a, be a, be a great person. It's just a matter of plugging away, learning, going to Shirim, being a from person, you know, keeping your eye on the prize, and that's uh, and and this could happen to you if you want it badly enough. Then this is what is uh, is the promise unique to Tyra, because Hakadosh Baruch Hu, we all have what's called a chelak in Tyra. V'sein chelkenu b'sarasacha. Give me my chelak in Tyra, my portion of Tyra. What does that mean? We say it every day at the end of Shemaneska. Give us our chelik. You ever wonder what does it mean? What's my what's my portion in Tyre? What does that mean? So, the Chazal teach us that every single person has their own unique portion in Tyre. Every Jew that was at Har Sinai has their unique portion in Tyre. What does it mean? Unique portion in Tyre. What it means is that you have. Your own chidushim. If you know, if I, you'd probably be a little surprised if I told you, like, if let's say I pulled out of this desk. Um, of course, there's not going to be anything for me to use as a exhibit A here when you need it. Let's say this is a safer, and I told you that this is your safer. These are your chidushim tyra. And you could, you're going to say, "What are you talking about, chidushim tyra? I can't even, can't even read a Rashi. What's, what's, what is this?" Every person has their own chilek in Tyra. You have the potential to write a lot of chidushim. You can maybe have a whole shelf of, of svarim on, on the most complicated. You're gonna, that's impossible. Stop, Rabbi. You're lying to me. It's not true. I told you. I, anyway, if you want to come down after Mincha, I'll show you. I have the safer in, in the base matters, the safer that my Talmud sent me. It's like, it's exhibit A, what a young person in this generation could accomplish if he sets his mind to it. So it's, it's like indisputable. It's like, that guy was not any smarter than any of you. He wasn't. And if he could do it, then we could all do it. It's just he was hungry. He wanted it so badly. And when you want something so badly, Hashem gives it to you. If you ask for it, you daven for it, and then you sit and you learn and you, you really put your mind to it, the sky's the limit, literally, literally. It's just that the reason why very often we don't succeed in learning is because we fall off the bandwagon right away. As soon as we get a little despondent, we get a little depressed, we feel like I'm not accomplishing, it's not going as well as I thought, and so we, we're measuring our growth minute by minute, day by day, and it's not doesn't seem to be succeeding, we right away say, right, you know what, I'm not going to waste my time with this, I'm going to concentrate on things that I will that I feel success and I feel like I'm good at math, at science, at, 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 sci- at, at whatever, right? So I'll, I'll focus my, my ambitions on that, which is fine, but you should not be so quick to be miyayish and to give up hope on your aspirations in Tyro. And the more that you plug away and the more that you give Hashem your time and, your, and, his, and the attention that Tyro demands, you'll be shocked to, to know how much you are growing, and in a couple of years from now, not many, many, many years, and a few years from now, you'll look in the mirror, and a big Talmud Chacham will be looking back at you. 
and not because he's standing behind you. And that is, um, it's, it's, I think it's very inspirational personally. I find it very, uh, it, makes, it makes me motivated when I think about these things to learn more and to daven for it and to be hungry for it because if I feel it's just the brachal it's not going to happen, then, okay, so what am I, don't, don't waste my time. But if I know that it's doable, and the stifler is telling us that it is, and that every daf of Gemara that you learn is a success, every Rashi that you learn is a success, every Tysus that you learn is a success, and, and the more you know, the more you're going to build up an arsenal of Torah, and you're going to be a real Tamil Chacham, then uh, that is something that we can all bank on, and we can all believe in, and in Mitzvah Hashem we could all achieve.